When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 233. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Night Zookeeper. I recently heard from a subscriber to my email list that her kids have been loving Night Zookeeper. When she saw I sent an email about them and said, hey, you know, my elementary age kiddo really enjoyed the writing prompts and being motivated to write about these fictional characters in her night zoo. It just was a really motivating online resource for her. Well, this other mom, she tried it out for her kids and she had to write me back and say, Hey, this is really a great resource. Thanks for letting us know about it. So you may want to know about it too. And sometimes I'm not sure what the current deal is, but sometimes they give you a week for free to try it out or like 50% off your annual subscription. I can't promise what the current rate is when you're checking this out, but definitely give them a look at my link at 41more.com forward slash zookeeper. You definitely can pretty much always get a week for free because they want you to be able to try it out before you have to you know, pay for it. I know what it's like as a homeschool mom. You're like, I don't really want to pay for something if it's just not going to work for us. And they get that. So definitely check them out. It's a super motivating way for your kids to learn grammar, vocabulary, spelling, writing, all those language arts skills in the elementary years. You can use it as your main curriculum, or you can use it as a fun extra resource to keep your kids engaged. So check them out at 41more.com forward slash zookeeper. Hello and welcome. I'm so glad you're joining us today. This is episode 233. Of course, the show notes will be at 41more.com forward slash 233. Today's topic is all about strewing, inspiring learning at home. So are you a homeschool parent who is always looking for ways to ignite that love of learning in your kids? You want creative ways to just really help them to continue to be curious. You want them to love learning. You want them to be self-directed. You love the idea of them exploring new things. You really want self-driven learners. If you listened to our episode last week with uh, Dennis Denoya of Mr. D Math, you know he's all about this independent responsible learner. Well, I think we would all say, yeah, that's exactly what we want. Well, you need to know how to get there. And there are lots of ways that you're going to need to help your kids get there. There's lots of things you're going to need to, you know, make sure is true in your homeschool. Obviously it's not just one secret bullet, but one of these, I don't know what you would call it, a method, a resource. I'm trying to think of what you would exactly call strewing. I guess a method, maybe you could say or a technique, maybe that's, maybe that's a good word, is strewing. Now, you may have heard of the word strewing. You may be totally clueless and say, I have no idea what you're talking about. So we're going to go 
through it all today. So very succinctly, what is strewing? It's actually, okay, here's a better word. It's an educational philosophy maybe that involves you scattering resources subtly and opportunities, scattering those throughout your home in order to spark your child's natural curiosity and foster a lifelong passion for learning. Now, some of you naturally are strewing and you didn't even know you were doing it or you didn't even know there was a word for it. I felt like I felt like this happened in our homeschool, especially when the kids were younger. And I heard another homeschool mom um, who was on my podcast mention it. And I was like, oh, that's what it's called. It actually has a name. It's called strewing. So that's why I thought, hey, let's talk about this today because some of you are naturally doing it and you need to know that you're doing a really great thing to help stoke that love of learning. And some of you aren't doing it and it's really easy to add in to what you're naturally doing at home if you want to engage your kids' curiosity and love of learning. So I always love when there's a weird word like strewing. Um, I wanted to know where that word came from. So it's actually an old English word that means to scatter or to spread. And so it evolved over the years. Over time, it took on additional meanings and usages in the English language. But in the context of education and homeschooling, the term strewing has been adapted to describe this practice of where we subtly place interesting materials or resources around our kids. So they're going to find them to encourage exploration and learning. So let's briefly talk about how strewing works. So first, you have to decide what your materials are going to be that you're going to strew. So what is going to be interesting to your kids? Maybe it has to do with something you're studying already. Like say maybe you're studying um, the earth and you are going to find some interesting rocks that are different examples, metamorphic and igneous and different, right? You're going to find rocks and you're not going to be like, kids, sit down, come over here. We're going to look at the rocks and you're going to teach them. No, you're actually just going to kind of leave them on the coffee table. Maybe you get some books from the library made for kids that are about different types of rocks and how they're formed and your kids like sit down and they're bored and they're like, oh, what's this? And they start picking it up and learning. So that's one example, right? So pick your materials. Is it going to be books, a certain toys like open-ended or certain toys that you want them to explore with art supplies, puzzles, games, natural objects. We'll talk about what you can specific ideas, but this is just your first step. So you would pick what that material is going to be. And then you're going to casually place this in the child's environment. So that's what I said. You're going to just put it where they're going to naturally see it and pick it up. Um, You're not going to make a structured lesson about it. You're going to put them strategically around, you know, the science experiment stuff you might put on the kitchen counter, the art supplies might go on a desk, you know, a great stack of new library books on the coffee table. And then the next step is your kid is going to find them and use them and explore And they're going to be drawn to them, whether or not it's because they're bored and they need something to do, or they have an actual genuine interest in the subject. You know, you have stuff about fossils or dinosaurs and and your kid just loves dinosaurs. Well, then that's a great idea to strew stuff about dinosaurs, right? And then the whole purpose of this is autonomous learning. So strewing encourages self-directed learning because now your child is able to learn at their own pace and along with their interests. And 
You're just giving them support. You're the one finding the resources and putting it out there. Now, some of you are like, okay, this sounds a lot like unschooling. Well, if this is all your school consisted of, it might be, yes, it would be unschooling, like self-directed with the child. But I would say a lot of us don't do this as our whole way of homeschooling, I should say unschooling our kids, of educating our kids, right? So we're still going to have our core subjects. We're still going to have stuff we want them to learn. But this is like on the side for most of us, a way to just encourage them to pursue interesting things and learn more um, and be a curious learner and love to learn. It's a great way to keep your kids off the screens because it gives them just this other really captivating thing to dive into in the afternoon. They see this really interesting pile of, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is that's going to draw their interest. You know, I, um, it could be supplies for science experiments. If they're really into art, you could get new art supplies. It could be that stack of library books or even comic books from the library, like things like that. What is going to keep them engaged and loving learning? So that is how strewing works. Now let's get a little more into the why. Like you might think, okay, this sounds interesting, but it also sounds like a mess. It also sounds like I'm going to be leaving piles all over my house. It also sounds like something else to have to think about. So why would you as a homeschool parent even consider strewing? Why is it valuable? And why is it a helpful educational approach? Let's talk about a few reasons. Well, let's start with some of the things we already mentioned. It fosters self-directed learning, right? Kids are able to take the lead. It allows them to explore these topics that they actually really do love, and it gives them that self-motivation in their education. That's what's sometimes missing when we're constantly having to sit the kids down and we're like trying to drill the lesson into them. Okay, you have to do this math page and you have to do this, and it can kind of be this um, tug of war, but strewing might alleviate some of that stress and allows your kids to be self-motivated because you're going to be putting out things that are naturally interesting and engages them. And so it also, another reason why it promotes curiosity when you're putting these interesting materials in your child's environment, it go, it, it grows that natural desire kids have to investigate and learn more, right? Kids are naturally curious. We know this. This is why the traditional education system is so bad for kids because it just dries up that natural curiosity. You sit in your schoolroom and you do your work and it's this factory model. That's not how real people are. That's not really helpful for growing children's curiosity. And so if your homeschool needs to to, you know, break out of a bit of a, um, I don't know, a dry period, maybe strewing is going to help because it does help promote curiosity. Another reason it's a great idea, it helps you have some personalized learning. So you can really personalize the learning experiences because you can think, okay, what does this child love? What are his unique interests right now? His strengths, what developmental stage is he at? And you're going to pick your materials to strew based on that. Clearly, a five-year-old boy is going to be interested in different things than a 13-year-old girl, right? So, I mean, you got to think of their age and what they're interested in and their developmental stage, and that's going to help you figure out what to strew. But it's very highly customized and personalized. Strewing can also create a really rich learning environment. Now, I guess if you're super minimal and you don't like anything out and you want your home really minimal, this might 
not work as good for you. Most of us with kids in the home, we're probably used to a little bit of clutter and stuff, but you can transform your house into a really rich learning environment by strewing resources from a whole range of subjects, right? So science stuff, history, art, and literature. I guess this is easier if you have a dedicated homeschool space, but maybe that that goes against the whole purpose of putting it in your child's environment in a subtle way, right? So you might have to have some stuff on your coffee table or on your counter or, you know, somewhere where your kids are going to see it, but it really can create a really rich learning environment. And another reason why strewing is great, it fosters this love of learning. It helps to cultivate a lifelong love of learning in our kids because when kids engage with materials they're passionate about, they're more likely to develop this really long lasting interest in subject matter. Who knows? You might be the one that starts their whole interest that ends up charting a path for them and their profession in the future. Strewing also can reduce pressure and stress, believe it or not. And, you know, we already did mention if your homeschooling is in a dry season or there's a lot of, um, tug of war between you and one of your kids, this will help reduce that stress because it will shift the focus away from those rigid lessons and gives a little more relaxed and flexible approach to education. So depending on the age of your child, if a certain subject, say like science is really causing too much trouble because maybe you didn't pick a great resource or curriculum that's a good fit, maybe you need to just toss that aside and do strewing for now. Look at the topics you want to cover. Look at the science topics your kid is interested in and go ahead and make it a little more informal and a little more flexible. Of course, strewing is going to encourage exploration with your kids and they'll be able to see interesting connections between different subjects. Even another really great purpose or, um, benefit of strewing is it supports multiple learning styles, right? So not everyone's a visual learner, not everyone's auditory, like we're so different, kinesthetic. Strewing can accommodate these different preferences because your kids are going to interact with the materials in the way that makes most sense to them. Kids also can enhance their critical thinking skills when you're strewing because they're engaged in this exploring and discovery process on their own, and that takes critical thinking skills and problem solving. And of course, it complements any curriculum you are using, right? So we already said, unless you're a really genuine 100% unschooler, and this is all your kids do all day, you're probably already going to have some type of formal curriculum, but it's not going to necessarily replace it, but it can complement it. So you can say like, what are we learning in science? Well, instead of just reading it in the textbook or the resource or the curriculum, let me get actual real life examples and not make a structured lesson out of it. I'm just going to put this stuff here for the kids to look at. Um, if you're studying life and biology at an elementary age, maybe get out the microscope and find some stuff that they can just spend time exploring and looking at. Or like I already mentioned, those different types of rocks, get a really cool rock collection and some cards or books that explain the different types and don't teach your kids, let them actually look at it and study it on their own. They actually might remember it a whole lot better. And so finally, we know that we want to encourage lifelong learning habits and things like strewing can go ahead and instill that habit of lifelong learning because then it shows kids, look, it's not just important that we're sitting down and doing a homeschool lesson. That's not the only time you're learning. You're really learning 
even outside of formal instruction, even adults are learning. We're always learning. And when we sit down and look at something and study it and problem solve and, you know, analyze it, we're learning on our own, even if it's not an official homeschool lesson. So it really does give a good, um, explanation to our kids that you can learn all the time. It can even be when you're relaxing on the couch, looking at these library books, you're still learning. So strewing is a really valuable tool to have in your homeschooling toolkit. And it gives your kids an engaging experience. Now you're probably like, okay, I kind of see the value, but what exactly can I strew? So let me run down a few examples of things you can strew. Remember, the key is to choose items that are going to fit with your child's interest, age, and developmental stage. Um, Now, some things that we've strewed in over the years, especially when the kids were younger, obviously books, certain books about topics they were interested in. They could spend hours looking at them. Maps, like huge maps on the wall that are constantly there where they are walking in the hallway and they see this map. They're drawn to it and they want to study it and it's interesting. And it's like every time they walk by, they it really does stick with them. They know geography pretty well because they, they visualize it and they're constantly, if they have a question about where something is, they go to that map. So maps have been a really big one. One year, years ago, when the kids were all really little, at one of our thrift stores up in Canada, there was this box for, I'm going to say, 2 or $3. It's, it was a huge, like double index card size box filled with colorful animal cards alphabetized like every animal a to z in the world had a picture of it where does it live what's its environment like information about that animal i mean there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these animal cards these things were so much fun i never said sit down and learn these learn from these cards or sit down and alphabetize the cards or sit down and figure out where these animals are from i never said anything and especially one of my kids loved these animal cards and he spent years studying them on his own. So that's an example of just this weird, you know, item for a couple bucks at the thrift store that you would never think, Hey, this is going to be the most amazing educational item in your home. But it was, I mean, you could have box of odds and ends for crafting or experimenting with or building. Those are things that my kids have loved too. But let me run through a quick list so you can see what you construe. So books are the first obvious thing to consider. You can get them for free at the library. So pick books that are on topics that are interesting to the person that you're thinking about. Fiction or nonfiction, magazines, graphic novels, comic books, they're all great. How about educational games and puzzles, brain teasers, jigsaw puzzles, Art supplies are great, extra sketchbooks, paints, or clay. How about science kits with things like a microscope, I already mentioned, or a rock collection, things for nature exploration. There's a lot you can do with science. How about musical instruments? You could think about getting like a keyboard or a guitar or even a harmonica and leave that out. Craft supplies are great. So yarn, beads, glue, scissors, paper, and just strew that. How about outdoor gear like binoculars, magnifying glass, bug catching kit, maybe gardening tools. Maybe you have a child that loves to cook and bake. You can get some interesting ingredients and some recipes that use that ingredient and put them out on the kitchen counter and let them ask, hey, I actually want to make this. How about 
technology, like maybe coding toys that can be put around for kids to play with and figure out some programming skills. I've already mentioned maps and globes. These are really great. Lots of nature items can be used. So insects, interesting rocks and shells and leaves. I mean, have the kids collect them or you pick them up when you see them and don't talk about them or have a lesson. You just strew them, collect and display these and your kids will come back over and over. I love this idea, the artifacts and historical items. Do you have any family heirlooms or antiques or historical items, because then you can have conversations about your family history and heritage. Those are a lot of fun. And we do that quite a lot in our home too. Um, What about board books and toys for the younger kids? They can have sensory activities or, um, you know, toys and board books for their age. And then of course, craft and science kits. I mean, you can always, those, especially the ones you subscribe to and they send you a new science kit every month. Those are a lot of fun. You never have to tell your child, okay, sit down and do your science kit. They naturally will do it. So those are just a few ideas of things you can strew around the house. Remember the key is to make it tailored to the child that you're thinking about. And so you're naturally going to make an environment for them that encourages learning and exploration. So let's talk about what ages benefit from strewing, because while it really probably is geared toward the younger ages, um, interestingly enough, even your middle school and older kids can still benefit from strewing too. So let's talk about the differences in the ages. Of course, with your really young kids, your early elementary and preschool they're just being introduced to things. So everything's new to them. So this is a fun age for strewing because you're introducing them to new concepts and interests and, you know, things. So it's a great foundation for their curiosity. But then when you get into elementary, the later elementary years, you know how those kind of kids are really getting into the handicrafts and the using their hands and they're just at a different stage, which is a lot of fun. So this is when you can do more of the hands-on science kits and art materials those kids are learning new interests and skills and it can be a lot of fun and you're reinforcing maybe things they already knew about, but giving them some even greater amount of things to explore. Obviously your middle school kids and higher are going to be having a lot of their formal studies and courses, but they're going to go deep into something that's interesting to them. So go ahead and get them those advanced art supplies or coding projects or musical instruments if they show interest in that because I mean this is the age where they really are going to start to narrow down what they're interested in and it's great for them to take a deep dive. So in the world of homeschooling, strewing is like the ultimate aha moment. It's that reminder for you that education doesn't have to be all formal and stuffy, right? We got to keep telling ourselves this. It's actually about sparking curiosity. And with strewing, you're able to spark that curiosity in a really laid back and enjoyable way. And as homeschooling parents, we know it's awesome to get to be the architects of our kids' education, and strewing is like that secret weapon in your toolkit. So if you've never thought of strewing before, consider it and see if it doesn't just help that natural learning take place. And strewing can turn every day into a fun adventure. Some days where you think there's no learning going on, if you have strewing going on, there's a lot of learning. So don't underestimate the art of strewing. Tell me what you think. I'd love to hear back from you. And you can comment on this episode on your favorite podcasting app. Is this a new idea? Do you already do it? What's your favorite item that you've strewed in your house? 
So I'm glad you joined us today. Of course, you can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 233. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, the Night Zookeeper at 41more.com forward slash zookeeper. Be sure to join us again next week for an actionable episode. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.